Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm William Friedman, and today we're studying Ketubot 37. A large part of our Daf today deals with a question of scriptural interpretation. The basic issue is that the Talmud assumes that each verse in the Torah teaches something unique. Yet, multiple verses sometimes make the same point. The answer is always that a seemingly redundant verse has something new to teach. Yeshiva University scholar Yaakov Elman calls this the principle of omnisignificance. Our sugya is prompted by what we saw in the Mishnah on 36b. Kol hamitchayev benafsho ein mishalem mamon. Anyone who commits a capital crime does not pay any monetary penalty associated with that offense. The Mishnah derives this principle from Exodus 21-22. That's the case where two men are fighting, and one accidentally injures a pregnant woman, causing her to miscarry. The injurer only pays a monetary penalty for the miscarriage if the woman survives. If she dies, he pays nothing, because he is liable for the death penalty. We'll pick up today's daf on the bottom third of 37a. That's called a piska, a little chunk of the Mishnah to tell us what the Gemara is about to comment on. But wait a second, is this really the source? From here it comes out? From a different verse it comes out. And now it's about to cite Deuteronomy 25 too. The verse from Deuteronomy 25.2 is talking about imposing lashes as a punishment for certain offenses. That verse uses the phrase, his wicked act. In other words, lashes are given in proportion to the violation. But, Note that Kaderi Chateau is in the singular, in accordance with his single wicked act. The Gemara is claiming that the singular implies that were there a second offense, another offense, two Rishayot, two offenses, then in fact the lashes would not be imposed. The Gemara is going to solve the problem by saying that we can actually distinguish between the two cases, between the two verses, and the result will be that we learn something unique from each verse. One of them, this is Exodus 21-22, is talking about death and payment. The other one, Deuteronomy 25-2, is talking about lashes and monetary penalties. Now, what you might want to do is construct what's called a kalvachomer, right, an all the more so argument, in which you would say, look, 
if in a case where you should get both lashes, Malkut and Mamon, money, we only impose one of those two. Obviously, in a case where it's Mita, death, versus Mamon, money, we should only impose one of the two. But the Gemara actually does what's called a Tzrichuta, a justification that both verses are necessary because we would have made an improper inference had we only one of them. Here's how it works here. Utsricha. Dei ashma'inan mita umamon. We need it because if we had only learned about mita and mamon, about death and monetary payment, i.e. you get the death penalty and you don't pay the, any associated monetary punishment, mishum de'eki ibud neshama. Because there is loss of life, but in a case where you have lashes and money and have to decide between them, maybe you wouldn't decide at all because there's no loss of life. Perhaps I would not say in that case you only get one of the two, but in fact would impose both. In other words, the point here is that the loss of life entailed by the death penalty could not necessarily be logically extended to a case where the penalty does not involve loss of life. Now, what about the other direction, where we said it would be easier to make the inference? If we only had the verse, Deuteronomy 25.2, about lashes and money, we might say that the reason we're not going to impose both lashes and a monetary fine is because... The prohibition violated is not so serious. Lo chamer isure. It's not such a severe uh, prohibition that was violated. So we pick. Aval mita umamun de chamer isure. But when you've committed a crime that involves both the death penalty and a monetary fine, chamer isure. That's a pretty serious crime. Emalo. I might say, in fact, no, I'm not going to choose between them. I'm going to impose both. Tzricha. That's why we need both. So you can see literarily how this is a block, right? Begins with Sricha, ends with Sricha. But more importantly, you can see that we're identifying unique and important elements in each case that makes both verses, which seem to teach the same redundant principle, that money and another payment, you have to choose one or the other. You can't impose both that in fact we need to learn that specifically both for the case of a death penalty offense and a lashes offense. Now, the Gemara is going to continue and say, well, hold on a second. Don't we know that, there's, that there is a position out there that says you do in fact get both lashes and a monetary fine? Yes, that's the position of every mayor. Go back to 32b if you want to see that one in its original context. So wait a second. According to Rabbi Meir, who says that in fact you do get lashes and have to pay, Tarte, the two of them, i.e. the two verses, Lamali, why do I have them? Right? He's going to need to identify something else that these two verses are teaching. The Gemara proceeds in a similar fashion. That in fact, Exodus... 21-22 remains to teach us about Mita and Mamon, about the death penalty and a monetary fine. But now Deuteronomy 25-2, instead of teaching us that we choose between money and lashes, 
actually is about choosing between the death penalty and lashes. Now, once again, you might want to construct some kind of kalvachomer, some kind of all the more so argument. But the Gemara is going to do another one of these three chutes to actually teach us what is unique about each case that we need both verses according to Rabbi Meir. So it points out that in the case of Mita and Mamon, where we have to pick between one of them, the reason we might want to choose in that case is because one of the punishments would be inflicted on the body, and one would be inflicted on the wallet. Goof versus Mamon, body versus money. And that we don't do. We don't impose two penalties that hit a person literally in one case, figuratively in the other, in two different places. Aval, mita umalkot, death and lashes, to idi begufe, since both of them are invoked against the body, ema mita Maybe it's just one long death penalty. We start by lashing you, and then we give you the appropriate death penalty, and that would be totally fine. So therefore, we need the verse about Mita and Mamon. Therefore, the verse about Mita and Mamon is not sufficient to cover the case of Mita and Malkut. Now the Gemara flips it as well. And what if I only had the verse teaching you that if you have to choose between the death penalty and lashes that you pick one? The reason there might be maybe we don't impose two punishments on the body. Pick. If you have two bodily punishments, you should just pick it. But if you're faced with a choice between the death penalty and a monetary payment, well, you're not imposing an extra level of punishment in one area. You're sort of spreading it around between the body and the wallet. Maybe I would do that. No, in fact... That's why it's necessary, even according to Rebbe Meir, to have both verses. That's basically our daf. It continues to quote verses from all different parts of the Torah that say, in a case where you have a death penalty offense, you do not pay money. And it identifies in each case what the unique element of those verses is that makes them not redundant. So let's stop here and ask, what is the Gemara doing here? Is it just playing around with text? I think its point is to make explicit all the different factors that are taken into account when determining penalties. One such factor is Ibud Nishama, the loss of life. In other words, when we impose the death penalty, we have to realize that that is an extraordinarily severe consequence. Human life is going to be lost. There's another factor, though, Chamira de Isura. How severe was the crime that was committed? Then we have to think about in what ways are we punishing the person? Goof or mamon? Or goof and mamon? Body and money? Body or money? So what I think is happening on this daf and in scriptural exegesis of this manner throughout the Talmud is that they use the opportunity to talk about scriptural redundancies or supposed scriptural redundancies as the provocation or as a mnemonic for remembering the different substantive factors. And it's those substantive factors that the Talmud is considering as it makes its decisions. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. 
The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify. <laughs>